Hey, all you listeners out there on the Cowboy Ed Ride, just want to throw a quick message out to you that this this episode had some multiple horses riding, and we, we might have a little bit of leg, and there might be a couple breakups along the way. But, you know, don't lose hope. Just keep listening. Welcome to Cowboy Ed, where we talk about all things education, and we we just we just like to get the teachers on the horses and and see what we can do to help education. Maya, you riding out there with me? I am. I am here trudging through the snow. How are you? You know, I am really good, and it is that time of year where the snow's coming and going, and we're getting the the springtime is on the horizon, but. You know, we are super lucky and super happy to have a future educator with us today. We've got Madison Colby with us. How are you doing, Madison? I'm doing good. Trying to stay warm. That is the season uh, of many layers of jackets because you never know how uh, what layer you might need to take off or what layer you might need to add. So Madison is a future teacher. She is just finishing up her teacher preparation uh, at the University of Wyoming. And we were, after all of our conversations about education over the last uh, couple rides, if you will, we wanted to bring in a, a teacher that's not there yet to see, ask them some questions about, well, why are they still thinking about doing this? Um, what motivated them? All those kind of things. We're just gonna, we're just gonna hear from from the future, if you will, of of what education looks like. So we'll just dive right in. Uh, the, my my first question is. Some teachers do, some teachers don't. Uh, and I'll pan this off to Maya after you, you answer, Madison, too. But is there a teacher that stood out in your – there, was there a teacher that motivated you to, you know, come into education? Gosh, well, when I think about that, and first, thank you guys for having me. I am really excited to be able to speak on behalf of all pre-service teachers because I think we're all experiencing some of the same sort of things. But when I think about a teacher who motivated me to be a teacher, I really think about my fifth grade teacher because I was a struggling math student when I first started. Math was not my thing. And I really think that my fifth grade teacher finally helped me realize that I can do these things. And it really just went back to teaching in a different way. And just that belief in me as a student encouraged me to feel like I can do these things when I've had a lot of teachers who were like, no, you know what, you struggle with math. That's just kind of how it's going to be. But that one teacher just really believed in me and built that relationship. And I think that that relationship went a really long ways. You keyed on a really important point there as far as the relationship piece and uh, that, that just building that relationship. It wasn't just about math. Is about the relationship. So I know Maya's horse was uh, chomping at the bit there. How about, what were you going to add there, Maya? And what was the teacher that maybe inspired you? So the thing I was going to jump in there about was the relationship. And I think that that's such a critical component of making that decision about going into education. And then for me, it's always about reflecting on how I'm behaving as an educator and thinking about who I'm behaving like or I want to be like or 
how to not act in a lot of cases, right? And so, you know, this is a question I think every um, new teacher gets to answer at some point. And for me, I didn't have that one teacher that made me want to go into education. And so I think about the way I interacted with different teachers and, you know, maybe this one, you know, I had a science teacher, for example, who was always really interested in what I was doing that was outside the classroom, right? Who I was as a person, what I was engaged in in school activities or, or whatever. And they were trying to build that relationship. And I have a lot of different experiences like that. And so as I was trying to figure out who I was going to be as a secondary educator, right, in high school, I thought a lot about all of these people that had influenced the way I interacted with teachers as a student. And so I think that's kind of where I got that, you know, example, right, of who I wanted to be as a teacher. But I'm, I'm on that side of things, James, where I didn't have one person that inspired me. But Madison, I think you're dead on that about those relationships and the influence of a teacher and how they can, you know, really change the day of a student. And so today, right, that day could be one of 200 options, right, that you enter into in the, in the beginning of the day. We have so much uncertainty about our educational day because of all of the things that have been happening in our world, right? So, you know, you might show up and as a student and, you know, really it might have been a hard morning. It might be that all of a sudden someone has COVID, it could, you know, whatever, so many options. So how are you thinking about your interactions with your students in this really uncertain time? Or have you even thought about that yet? I have thought about that. And I think it, what it comes down to is that relationship that you build with those students. And you can't expect a student to come into the classroom and be ready or willing to learn if you don't have that relationship. And just as you had said, Maya, some students might come in having had a really rough morning. Maybe they didn't get breakfast. And you have to be able to recognize those behaviors when a student comes in. And if you don't have that relationship, you're not going to be able to identify that and be able to address that before the learning occurs. And so I've actually had some very eye-opening experiences here recently in a school that allowed me to understand that students have a lot of things going on in their personal lives outside of school. And you have to begin to understand where those students come from. I, as a student, was very fortunate to come from a household and family who was very supportive. I never really had to worry about those things. But what I've come to realize, especially the past couple of weeks, is that not every student comes from a background like that. And so you have to understand that. And you don't understand that if you don't have that relationship built with those students. So Madison, you've definitely hit on a big point. I think that's one of those things that, you know, as, as both you and Maya were talking about relationships, I think about the teachers that inspired me. I, I can't really name a teacher that you know, it's, it's never been about the content. I had a really good history teacher in college that I loved his class, the discussions. But there again, it was the discussions. It was the time. Uh, I had a couple great teachers in, you know, high school. Mr. Wall and Mrs. Tossie are, are my two shout outs there for them. They were, but, but they cared about who I was as a person. 
and uh, they they weren't about I I mean I could tell you the content I mean actually we history and a math teacher but doesn't I, I can't tell you what I learned in their class uh, but on the other side of that I always kept thinking about all the classes I wasn't as excited about thinking about well how can I be the teacher that I wanted to have that you know would like actually make class interesting and and those kind of things and so there's that backsided motivation now we've touched on all this relationship stuff and one of the conversations we've had over the past couple months especially is this idea of social emotional learning and I I'm really curious and, and I know our listeners are as far as what preparation because that wasn't the focus of our preparation. I, I think I can speak for Maya and myself going into education. We didn't have a lot of social emotional training, if you will, or looking at those things. So have you, what is your, what have they talked about with all of these kind of relationship tools? How have they prepared you to be ready for the classroom? I feel like a lot of my social emotional learning and knowledge thus far has just come from experiences in the classroom and observations in the classroom. And so I just think that in a way we should have more of those classes and learn more of those strategies. I've had definitely, I have had a few professors who have tried to incorporate those strategies into our own learning and so that we can take those strategies to apply them to our own classroom. But it's never been just like, here is your strategies for social emotional learning to build those connections with students. You know, you bring up uh, a kind of a scary point uh, for, for not only yourself, but for when we start thinking about all parts of, of what education looks like and, and the fact that we don't provide that. And so to our to our listeners out there, I would say if you're in a school and you have a new teacher coming in, remember that. They're not coming in with an overabundance of that training. So we, you got to bring them under our wing and we got to help them so that they get as much of that hands-on without overwhelming them so much that they want to leave right away. But I know, as the horses have been bucking and getting away here, I know Maya's, Maya's died to ask the next question here. So I'll hand it off to Maya. Thanks, James. So Madison, you know, I you've mentioned to me that you listen to our podcast. And so, you know, a few of our past episodes have been about those struggles that are in the K-12 classroom right now. You know, overworked teachers, lack of subs, teachers having to do, you know, all of these extra duties. And, you know, the blended learning with students, kids being absent and, you know, whatever, all of the chaos, right, that seems to have invaded K-12 the last few years. So my question's a doozy. You know, you chose this profession and you've been going through your preparation during this turbulent time. Why do you still want to be a teacher? I'll be honest, there as you have mentioned, there are a lot of reasons to quit. And it's it's not a lie. It's not it's very apparent in today's society because it's the it's a fact. Their teachers are given so many responsibilities to cover in their day in nine months. It's very overwhelming. And teaching, to be honest, is just not teaching anymore. Now whether it ever has just been teaching is 
a discussion for another time, but there's a lot more going on than simply teaching students to read, write, count, what have you. There's hard days. I have had hard days myself already. I mean, you sit down and you look at what teachers are expected to do, and I won't lie, there are days where I feel very overwhelmed. But the reason why I keep going in, it's the students. The students keep you going. It's empowering to to know and to sit down and look at the content and all the skills that a teacher provides a student in nine months. To look at that and have somebody else who isn't a teacher or who has never been interested in teaching to sit down and look at that is very overwhelming. It probably seems impossible. And in the grand scheme of things, nine months is not that long of a time considering all of the other aspects and content areas and activities that a teacher has to include in their days. But I keep going and I still want to be a teacher because of the positive impact and the positive difference that I can have on these students' lives. To know that students come to school and some students probably come to school just to count on you and know that you're going to be there for them and to know that you're going to support those students, to know that you're going to have that belief in those students is is everything for me. It's about the students. It's not about all of these other responsibilities or things that are going on in the education world right now. There's a lot of discussion about testing. There's a lot of discussion about mandates. The pandemic has brought on its own set of challenges for teachers, but when you look at everything all together, it's the students that matter and it's the students that will always matter. And so to know that I can have that positive impact and positive difference on one student, their month, their week, just by being there to support them, to encourage them, to love them is everything for me. That's a brilliant answer, Madison. It it gives me that like hope and excitement about the future of education to hear you talk about the students and and that excitement about you know the power of the classroom in people's lives and so with that excitement moving forward Madison what do you so you're in classrooms right now um I think doing a practicum is that right yes I am I have had two weeks of practicum experience in the classroom thus far awesome and you have student teaching coming up what besides social emotional learning are there things that you're hoping to to get out of that practicing that you can, you know, take into your own classroom to to fulfill this vision you have, right, of, of interacting with the students and creating this space for them? So I guess my question is really like, as you're engaging in this authentic space of, of doing a practicum with um, students in a classroom, what are you hoping that the takeaway will be from that that you can bring you know forward in your practice one thing that i have valued and i will always value is that hands-on practical experience of being in the classroom there's only so much learning i can do sitting in a college classroom but is when i get to go to the classroom and i get to apply all these things that i've learned in my own education and one thing that i thing that a lot of teachers struggle with, and I don't think that this can even be taught in a college classroom, is classroom management. Without those classroom management skills, you're not going to be able to facilitate learning, build those relationships, 
a lot relies on those classroom management strategies. And that's not something that I have been explicitly taught in the classroom, in my, like the college classroom. But it's something that I get to experience in my practicum classroom, in my student teaching classroom, that I know I will take those skills with me to support my own students and to be able to facilitate that learning with those students and build those relationships. Well, Madison, you hit on like one of the, a point that I want, I hope you put that in in a feather and file it away in your hat. Uh, Because I think what you said about, you can only learn so much sitting in a classroom translates directly to first grade, second grade, third grade, all the way up that we sometimes get forget, but we also get trapped in the classroom. And you, the, the idea of experiences and working those experiences into how, how students apply and get kind of a real taste of what, what learning looks like is important. And so put that in, put that in your head. Don't forget that. But I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, pull back on the horses and turn them a different direction. When, when we think, we've talked about why you're coming into education and, and some of the things that you're, you're pondering, but what would be something, as you look at it, what would be some things that, because I think it's really important to acknowledge that, that might cause you to leave education? It scares me that I am going to feel burnt out teaching. There's a lot of talk of teacher burnout right now to be enough to get me to leave the classroom. I have no intentions at this point of leaving the classroom at this moment. Being a teacher and teaching every day might change that. I hope that it doesn't. Teachers are thrown these responsibilities and it really is that just that, that they're being thrown responsibilities about covering classes for lack of subs, testing, um, federal state mandates. It's just a lot and it's overwhelming for the teacher. And if there ever comes a point where there's more emphasis on these things that would take away from those relationships that I have with my own students, it's not going to be the same job. You're not going to be teaching because you're going to be more worried about all of these other responsibilities that you would have as a teacher. And for me, that's not why I'm going into teaching. So Madison, do you feel like in your preparation program that you've been able to have conversations about like the current state of K-12 and, you know, you mentioned burnout and all of the extra responsibilities and maybe even had a chance to develop some strategies for how you can be in the context of today's school or do you feel like that that's something that or do you feel like that's something that is going to be more like the social emotional learning aspect that we were talking about earlier where you end up getting it in on the job training i feel like we have spent a lot of time talking about new policies that are coming out new research that's coming out. There's a lot of research surrounding the science of reading right now, and that's just one that we've recently talked about, so it comes to mind right away. And we've talked a lot about, okay, well, what's good for the students? What is going to support the students in their learning? But I feel like we talk a lot, okay, here's this research, here's this research, this research says this, this says this, but do we ever talk about what's best for the students? And I feel like that's still a debate that's going on. I don't know that we will ever know what's best for the students. And so I feel like we've spent a lot of time talking about those policies 
but we've never talked about, okay, what do you do when you're thrown all of this information? If I was in the classroom, a practicing teacher, do you have the time to sit down and read all of this research? And that could be overwhelming for a teacher. So no, I don't feel like we've sat down and been like, okay, this is what we can do when we get overwhelmed. This is what you could do when you start to feel like you can't teach or get discouraged by the problem. And I feel like that's just something that is either going to come very hard, it's going to hit like a hard rock, or you're going to have a classroom or school community that supports you in working around those struggles, but it's not something that I've been prepared for or given strategies to cope with when it comes up. Thanks for that answer, Madison. I think that, you know, just like K-12 is in a space where they're trying to reimagine what school can be like to take on all of these things, teacher preparation should be in that same space. So I really, I appreciate that honest answer because I agree. I think there's so many things that teachers are faced with that we we don't necessarily attend to or or prepare students for. So I appreciate that honest answer about, you know, where where you're headed and what you are worried about knowing or not knowing. I know James his horse is you know smacking me with its tail and he's he's got a question for you. So I'm gonna kick it back to to James. You know, Madison, as I listen, I, I'm always listening for what what might our listeners be taking away from our conversation? And, and I, I'm going to just stop and highlight a point right now for all the administrators out there or future administrators that are listening. Uh, you, make sure we, we hear what she's saying in the sense of they, our teachers want to focus on kids. So the more the administrative team can figure out a way to shield our new as well as veteran teachers from all those things that take away from our kids the better the better job you're going to be doing and so just don't don't forget that that they you know what well, as we define each of these jobs and 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 the roles and the roles overlap a little here and there but but our administrators out there need to make sure that we're we're protecting that teacher student relationship time as well as that focus on them because if we start to peel it away uh, this is a very parent in in Madison's answer that's one of those things that can drive us out of education because we didn't get as we've all talked about we didn't necessarily get into education to just you know I want to I want to deal with angry customers uh, like maybe a Walmart service desk person, uh, we got into it because we wanted to impact kids' lives. And so that's, that's, that's a different perspective on that. And, but it's make sure we're listening. Make sure you're thinking. How are, how are you protecting that time for teachers out there? But with that, I, I kind of, as I heard that all the things you, you've prepared for, another one of those things I want to ask you if you've had any preparation on or how you feel about Madison is how about interacting with parents the 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 parents we see today as as you pointed out earlier uh, come from we have a lot of different background of parents I mean we've got different families out there um, split families we've got grandparents uh, running homes we've got you know the, the world is kids are coming from very very different environments today so how do you I mean have you had any 
training? Have they really talked to you? Have they given you strategies for dealing with, with parents? Or on the other side of that, what, how do you feel about <laughs> looking forward to dealing with, with parents? Initially, no, we haven't had that preparation to deal with parents. And just as you have said, families are very diverse today. We don't have, it looks a lot different than it did when I was in elementary school. But we don't see that with all families. And so as a teacher, we have to be aware of the diversity that families are taking nowadays. And I haven't had those strategies to interact with parents or been taught ways to communicate with parents or taught ways to involve parents. And so I think, again, that is going to come from experience in student teaching. And student teaching is going to be overwhelming because of all the information that I'm going to be acquiring from that, because it's not something that we've been prepared for. And to be perfectly honest, I don't know that sitting down in a classroom and listening to a lecture from a professor about how to interact with parents would support me in having meaningful interactions with parents. I truly think that that is going to come from experiences in the classroom, learning from my mentor teacher, and just really being in the classroom. Otherwise, I don't know that it would be even worth my time to sit down and read about those strategies or hear about those strategies without actually putting them into practice. Yeah, you bring up a, a lot there. And even some of the, the mentor teachers out there, the strategies and, and how to deal with, with parents is an, an ever-evolving process uh, from where some of those teachers may have started their career based on how technology is incorporated and uh, how, how that instant communication piece is, is much more available today. But it, it you know, it, it still comes down to that simple expectation of how much, is it, how much is too much and when is it appropriate and all of these, it, the, these complexities that aren't necessarily directly tied to teaching, uh, helping kids learn to read or helping kids really find a love for learning. So it adds another bubble onto that already overwhelming, you know, that umbrella that you're holding and all of these things keep getting piled on it and, and you're just hoping that the umbrella doesn't break. But under that umbrella, I know Maya's trying to steal my umbrella and, and she's got another question for you. Thanks, James. As you were talking about an umbrella, I was thinking about the need to flip it upside down so you could hold everything in the umbrella and just stand there getting soaking wet, right? So that you can you can accomplish all of the things that you have to in education. And Madison, it has been amazing to talk with you. And I think that your passion for education and particularly for those, you know, individuals that you're going to work with, right? Identifying your students and building the relationships that, you know, there's so much excitement and hope in what you're talking about. And I think it reminds us all that that's the purpose of what we're doing in classrooms and, and really trying to work with, you know, young learners so that they grow up to be, you know, really proficient adults in the world. And I'm wondering if you ran into someone who was thinking about education, right? They're like, oh, I don't know if I want this to be my major. Maybe I 
you know, don't, I hear all these bad things, but it would be great. You know, they're kind of that fence sitter. What would you say to them about choosing education as a career? Personally, when I started my education career, I started college undeclared because I was I was hesitant. I was the one on the fence about teaching because of all the negative things that come with it and the lack of salary that you get be based on your responsibilities. And that, again, is a completely different conversation, but I was the one on the fence and I really had to step back and think, what do I want out of a career? What is going to fulfill me as an individual. And for me, I have always wanted to be a teacher since I was in, in first grade, barely walking. I, I That was what I wanted to do. And so I had to listen to my gut and know that that is what I wanted to do. And I had to really come up with my why. Why am I teaching? And as I've mentioned, it's the students, the impact that I can have on those students. And so my advice to any student who was like me, who is on the fence, about becoming a teacher or who's thinking they want to be a teacher, you really have to understand your why and you have to know your why because without your why, you're going to get overwhelmed very quickly in the process of becoming a teacher. So I always encourage people to think, why are you going into it? Is it for the students? Is it for summers off because if it's because you have summers off that's not going to be enough to keep you going when things get hard because things are going to get hard so I really stress understanding your why and is it knowing that and being able to acknowledge that because that's what's going to keep you going thank you I I think any um, school that has you as their new teacher is going to be you know, the luckiest school in whatever state you land in. Hopefully it's Wyoming. I I love the things that you said about education. And, you know, a couple of times you mentioned, you know, that's a different conversation. So I'm hoping that we can have you back to have some of those other conversations. It's really nice to have your perspective of someone new going into this space. Thank you both James and Maya for having me. Thank you, Madison. And I will, you know, let the the echo vibrate across the prairie as as Maya's sentiment was exactly spot on. It's so nice to have the perspective of, a, of somebody headed into education because we've spent a lot of time talking about why people are leaving. And to all our listeners out there, I absolutely feel like Madison has, has made some good points for all of us to think about. Think about those teachers that maybe have been teaching a few years in our in our buildings that are, you know, do they have somebody to talk to? Are are we talking about strategies to how to deal with some of these things that take away from from student time, whether that's parents or or paperwork or other things? Keep those things in mind. But most importantly, for all of us in education, find your why and remember your why. Maybe write that why down. Put it on the board. Let your kids see that why. Uh, if nothing else, maybe it's just a reminder to you that you know why and, and, and we'll, don't, don't lose sight of why you're here. Because sometimes the things that make the horse buck, sometimes the things that knock us off the horse, some of those things get in our way. 
and and we've got to keep our eyes on the on the on the prize and why we got into this so uh, again thank you Madison but you know what Whew, I think the horses are the horses are a little bit tired and it, it's time to wrap this ride up so head them up move them on move them on head them up head them up move them on cowboy Ed. on the run <laughs>